And I'm delighted to ask the Minister of Finance of Greece, Mr. Staikouras, to come to the podium and uh, give us his keynote address. Mr. Minister. No. Let's have a, a picture with you before we start. Good morning. I would like to thank Mr. Boronosis for inviting me to the annual Catalink Forum, a unique, prestigious event that is taking place at a crucial period with heightened uncertainty and strong downside risks to the world economic outlook. It is not worthy that according to estimates coming from the IMF and the World Bank, one-third of the countries in the global economy are estimated to present at least two consecutive quarters of contraction. In these turbulent times, reinforcing the resilience and competitiveness of our economies is a major challenge. In this field, Greece has succeeded. First of all, we continue outperforming growth expectations. We expect, we project, 5.6% growth for 2022. Indeed, according to the forecast of the European Commission, Greece is projected to grow at twice the European average in 2022 and three times the European average in 2023. GDP quality improves by strengthening the components of investments and exports. This year, it is estimated that foreign direct investments will record a new historical performance. According, once again, to the estimates of the European Commission, Greece is ranked first in terms of investments in Greece for the period 2022-2024. At the same time, Greek exports as a percentage of GDP are higher than those of Italy, Spain and France. In addition, the export base is significantly diversified, registering an impressive increase in the exports of high-tech goods, which are now approaching the percentages of highly industrialized countries, such as Germany. It is noted that based on World Bank data, Greece had six categories of goods whose exports exceeded 1% of GDP in 2021, while before the outset of the debt crisis, it had just one, petroleum products. Third, labor market developments have been positive. Unemployment continues to decline, being at its lowest level since 2010. Employment increases in double the size of inactivity reduction, and the reduction in employment rate of youth and women is more pronounced than the reduction in the headline unemployment rate. Fourth, the banking sector has made marked progress. The NPL ratio has been reduced from 44% of total loans at June 2019 to 10% three years later. Over the same period, deposits have increased by 35%. This progress 
is restoring banks' balance sheets gradually, allowing credit institutions to increase finance to the real economy, as manifested by the accelerated credit growth rate in 2021 and 2022. Fifth, public finances have resumed their improving trajectory. We expect, and most probably will be conservative, the primary deficit to shrink to 1.6% of GDP this year from 5% of GDP a year ago in 2021. According to the European Commission, this is the most pronounced fiscal consolidation among all EU member states. Moreover, we project primary surpluses from 2023 onwards. This significant fiscal progress is based, among others, on a significant increase of revenues, mainly due to growth, as well as to the reduction of tax evasion, as a result of the reduction of taxes and social security contributions. Indeed, according to the EU report, which was published just yesterday, Greece recorded the fourth largest VAT compliance gap reduction in the European Union in 2020, significantly limiting its revenue losses. Moreover, the compliance gap is expected to decline even faster in 2021 when the relevant data is published. These findings prove that our government's efforts to combat tax evasion, intensify controls, and promote electronic transactions, combined with a significant reduction in taxes, are bearing fruit. Six, public debt is on a record level reduction path. Indeed, the public debt to GDP ratio is projected to fall by 50 percentage points within a three-year period, the largest among all EU member states since 2019, falling below 160 percent of GDP in 2023. Markets seem to note this improvement as Greece, according to the ESDM, was one of the few if not the only euro-area country where credit default swaps recorded a decline over the period June to November 2022. Seventh, we have completed a number of important reforms to digitalize public administration, to reorganize the pension system, to simplify the framework for investment licensing, to provide modern corporate governance regime to establish tax incentives in order to boost research and innovation and to increase the size of firms. Moreover, over the last three years, Greece has recorded a notable increase in institutional performance, including government effectiveness and perceived corruption as measured by established international metrics. Ladies and gentlemen, overall, the Greek economy as confirmed by the historic first post-program surveillance report, continues delivering. Thus, the release of the final tranche of policy contingent debt measures marks the end of the regular Eurogroup discussions on Greece as it was happening since June 2018.
However, at the European level, high energy price pressures, the erosion of households' purchasing power, a weaker external environment, and tighter financing conditions are taking central stage heading into 2023. Moreover, public debt in Greece is sustainable and is in a declining trajectory, as I mentioned before, but remains high. The country, as I mentioned before, has exited the enhanced surveillance mechanism, but has not yet attained the investment status. Non-performing loans in banks' balance sheets fell significantly, as I mentioned before, but private debt remains one of the biggest problems for households and enterprises. And we continue to navigate through turbulent international geopolitical waters. Thus, it is of utmost importance to continue implementing a growth-friendly, reform-oriented economic strategy based on six pillars. First of all, implementing targeted measures to tackle the economic consequences of multi-level crises, especially for the most vulnerable part of the society. Our measures are targeted, temporary, tailored. They consist of measures increasing one-off expenditure, such as electricity and natural gas subsidies to all households and businesses, social transfers to poorer parts of the society, fuel subsidies, and the increase in the heating allowance to vulnerable households, as well as measures reducing permanently taxes, like the abolishment of the solidarity surcharge and the reduction of social security contributions. The cost of these measures is partly offset by new taxes on windfall profits of energy producers, a cap on wholesale electricity prices, whereby the electricity producer have to transfer their receipts exceeding the set cap to the general government since July 2022, and the imposition of an extraordinary 90% levy on windfall revenues for the energy producers up to June 2022. Second, implementing a credible and prudent fiscal policy. This, along with optimal utilization of available resources, is the main weapon against uncertainty and volatility, as well as a roadmap to achieving investment grade status. Third, enhancing liquidity in the real economy through the deployment of the public investment budget and the full and timely implementation of our recovery and resilience plan. Indeed, PIB spending will rise to record levels in 2023, up to 12 billion euros, and the amount that our country currently receives from the RRF exceeds 11 billion euros. Fourth, implementing ambitious structural reforms, including the primary health care reform, the codification of the labor legislation, the de-investment of the state from the banking sector, as well as 
the implementation of the asset development plan. Fifth, implementing the new insolvency framework, which is state of the art. We have achieved a growing amount of successful debt settlements through its out-of-court workout platform and increasing acceptances by debtors. Indeed, successful settlements exceed now the number 2,350, out of which 150 just in the last week. The total amount stands at around 0.5 billion euros. Additionally, we legislated the establishment of a public credit bureau and of a central credit registry, as well as the implementation of a national strategy for private debt management in order to prevent future private debt buildup and the enhancement of the secondary NPL market. The responsibility of financial institutions on that field is significant. This should be taken on the principle of burden sharing. Six, preserving the price signal to reduce energy consumption and incentivizing investments in energy efficiency, future-proof energy infrastructure, including interconnections, storage, and innovative renewable technologies. Among others, we have established a 10 gigawatt wind and solar energy capacity, and another 2.5 gigawatt for hydroelectric energy. We have been transformed into an energy hub for our wider geographical region, from the newly operational transatlantic pipeline to the newly IGB. We have recently expanded by 65% the capacity of our TLNG terminal on the islet of Evithusa, west of Athens. Our first storage and regasification unit, the FSRU, in Alexandrupoli is under development and will start operating by the beginning of 2024. And finally, we are putting forward a 3 gigawatt cable to carry the Greece green electricity produced in Egypt and Africa. Moreover, as Minister of Finance, we have been systematically integrated the climate aspect into our economic policies. Indicatively, more than 37% of our recovery budget has been dedicated to green reforms and investments and is to be further enhanced under the Power EU scheme. We design, in collaboration with the European Commission, a comprehensive national sustainable finance strategy. We gradually implement, in collaboration with the OECD, the green budgeting system. As a result, the 2023 budget, state budget features explicit green tagging references on the climate footprint of state budget spending. Finally, we are adopting tax tools in order to promote the green and digital transformation of Greek entrepreneurship. Indeed, we have recently introduced an additional 100 super deduction for tax purposes of qualifying SME expenses for green transition and digitalization investments. And finally, seventh, actively participating in the initiatives for the new European economic architecture. We support 
the completion of the banking union, the deepening of the capital market union, and the review of the economic governance framework. As far as the latter is concerned, given the increase in public debt ratios over the last couple of years, a reinstatement of the present fiscal rules makes little economic sense and would not be credible with markets. The revised fiscal framework should ensure, among others, that the debt reduction paths are not front-loaded in the aftermath of the pandemic crisis. Fiscal policy is counter-cyclical and productive investments, among them defense expenditure, are protected. As I mentioned on Tuesday, during the ECOFIN meeting, the European Commission's proposal is a suitable basis for further discussion. We share the communications assessment that fiscal sustainability and long-term growth are inspeciable. We also understand the case for strengthening the link between fiscal and external sustainability. And we agree with the intellectual basis for the contract type approach, which increases national ownership and therefore the scope for compliance. At the same time, the communication leaves some important gaps in the governance framework. The economic basis for introducing into a monetary union a centralized fiscal capacity is very strong. The communication is somewhat unclear about the treatment of asymmetric external imbalances. Indeed, member states' current account balances have direct externalities on other member states' fiscal trajectories. There is no provision for the treatment of upsides relative to the projected fiscal path. And finally, we have a serious concern with the proposal for automatic opening of excessive deficit procedure in the event of deviations from the agreed fiscal path for member states classified to have high debt challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, it is evident that despite difficulties and international volatility, Greece has turned the page. The country is efficiently implementing reforms and coherent policies which provide impetus to form a more resilient and inclusive economic landscape, achieving high and sustainable economic growth, creating many jobs and enhancing social cohesion. We are determined to continue along the same path for four more years. Thank you for your attention. Mr. Minister, if you allow me to say, when I am listening to your remarks, I can't believe that these remarks have to do with Greece. You've done an amazing job, and Greece is come back. So what a wonderful message to portray, and uh, I'm really extremely happy that you laid accomplishments, what has been done and of course we have a strategy for the future. So I think for everyone attending this event, and you will be hearing more about things done.
as well as the vision going forward. So thank you very much. It's an amazing accomplishment. Proud to be with you today, and thank you. Uh, so we are going to have uh, another panel on the, th on the second floor in the library, and that panel has to do with private equity investing in Greece. So if those of you who would like to attend that panel, it's on the second floor in the library. And now we will continue. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Thanasiu could not be with us because he, COVID has gone, but not completely. So, uh, but fortunately we have very, very few, uh, uh, you know, people who did not manage to make it uh, to our forum today because of, uh, of this. But instead we have uh, a short video, if we can play the video to showcase exactly the amazing progress uh, achieved in one of the biggest projects in Greece, a transformational one, and again, what you will see is something done. So can we have the video, please? <laughs> 